As we look at our series and begin it, today we are going to look at the fact that Jesus suffered temptation so that we might know victory. And I want to begin with the words that come from Luther's small catechism as we look at the petitions of the Lord's Prayer, where it says, and lead us not into temptation. And Luther's explanation to that, God indeed tempts no one, but we pray in this petition that God would guard and keep us so that the devil, the world, and our flesh may not deceive us nor seduce us into misbelief, despair, and other great shame and vice. And though we be assailed by them, that we still may finally overcome and gain the victory. Temptation. You know, of all the things that the devil knows well, he knows human beings. He knows our weaknesses. He knows where we are vulnerable. He knows how to tempt us. He's learned us so well inside and out that it is an easy thing for him to throw at us some temptation that he knows is our own personal device that really can lead us down a pathway. A pathway that he delights to see where we might despair and succumb and then despair again because we've seen such failure in our lives. The devil came to find Jesus in the wilderness. And he brought to him the things that he thought were appropriate for the situation in which he found him. He tempted him in many ways, but the three we have recorded today are of self, of power, and of glory. You know, unless we look at the Scripture and we think the devil just came and those were the three temptations, here again the words of the Scripture that Luke records for us. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. For forty days. Forty days without food and water. Forty days assailed by Satan. And maybe if we step back this morning, we can somehow put that into a perspective. Think about maybe the way that conversation might have happened. You can imagine the devil coming to Jesus and saying, Look at you! Look at you! Human? You're wrapped in human flesh? You're God eternal. You're the one who all things were created in. Human? You've become one of your own creations? Really? I can't believe it. You're so weak. You're so vulnerable. Why? Why? Why would you do this? Why would you become like one of them? But you look a little hungry. You look a little tired. You must be exhausted being in that human form. So why don't you take care of yourself? Why don't you just fulfill your needs? God doesn't want you to suffer and die out here in the wilderness. You're his Messiah. I mean, after all, didn't we hear him just say in the waters of your baptism, this is my son whom I love? So how about this, Jesus? If you are the Son of God. Well, he proclaimed it. He said it. Turn these stones 
into bread. Take care of yourself. I mean, this is an easy thing for you to do. After all, didn't you feed the children of Israel in their wilderness from manna come down from heaven? Aren't you the bread of life? Take care of yourself. Feed yourself. This is a need. Think about you. Turn these stones into bread. You see how the devil comes when we are weak and we are vulnerable. Jesus probably just barely on the edge of life from lack of food and water. And what does the devil do? Say, hey, leave this charade behind. Give it up. Take care of yourself. But Jesus will not be tempted by Satan. And he responds, man does not live by bread alone. You see, he points back to Satan to his father. That his father is faithful. That his father cares, as the psalm said, The eyes of all wait upon you and you give them their food in due season. Jesus knows that his Father will care for him. That he doesn't need to forsake this way of being human, of becoming man for us. That he will endure to the end. And so the devil dusts that off probably and says to him, well, let's do something else then here. And Luke says he shows them all the kingdoms of the world and makes this bold statement to Jesus. I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me. I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will be all yours. Power. You know, to the devil, that's real power. Remember, The devil is the one who wanted the worship in heaven, who didn't want to worship God. The scriptures tell us that he was beautiful, an angel of light, and attractive, and angels flocked to him. But they fell when he was the one that wanted the glory, the power, and the honor, and was cast down. So what a simple thing it is for him to say, Jesus, Worship me. Take the power now. All of this will be yours. We'll be done. You're Messiah. You'll have power over all the earth, over all that exists. It's a simple thing. Fall down and worship me. And Jesus once again responds to Satan through the Scriptures. You shall worship the Lord your God only and serve him. You see, Satan, your fault in heaven of wanting the glory and not being willing to give that glory to my Father, I won't succumb to that. I will honor my Father. I will trust my Father. I will give Him the glory due His name. No, you cannot tempt me in this way. You can kind of see then the frustration of Satan as he goes along. And so he takes him to this place, a high place on the temple, a noticeable place. Here it is, Jesus, a chance for glory. You know, this will be it. This is simple. If you cast yourself down off of this, look at all the people down there. They will instantly acclaim you Messiah. Job done. Isn't that what you came for? That they know you're the Messiah? And after all, Jesus, after all, doesn't the Scripture say this about you? That He will command His angels concerning you to guard you carefully? They will lift you up in their hands 
so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. See, Satan knows the Scripture, knows it well, and uses it. But when he uses it, he changes it a little. He did that for Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. You know, he created doubt by repeating what God had said. When Eve said, well, God told us that we weren't to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day we do, we'll die. What did he say back to him? (laughs) That's a lie. You will not die. God is lying to you. Go ahead. God's just jealous. He doesn't want you to be like him. He wants all this glory and worship to go to him. You see, Satan still then wanted to destroy. Go ahead, eat it. You'll be fine. And so in this place, again, giving the Scripture back to Jesus, he misquotes it. For it says in there that he has given a charge concerning you to his angels to guard you in all your ways. Not carefully, in all your ways. In this way. In this calling. In this human calling. In this way of suffering he has given a charge to his angels. Not just simply carefully, not just that you'll fall down, but to protect you in this. In the way of the cross and the way of suffering. And Jesus turns back to Satan once again and says, I will not test the Lord. I will not seek proof of God's love. I know that God is loving. I know my Father, Satan. Now leave me. And Luke says, when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. An opportune time. You know, there would be many of those in Jesus' ministry. Think back when he had fed the 5,000 and what did they want to do? Again, one of these shows up, the glory and the power. They wanted to make him a king then, a bread king, a king of earth, the Messiah that they thought he should be, the one who could feed them, they could take care of them, they'd never be hungry again, they'd never want for anything. Remember when Peter used by the devil, said, Lord, you will never suffer and die. That's not going to happen to you. Tempted again, and Jesus had to turn and say, get behind me, Satan. Here you go again. Trying to prevent this way of suffering and of the cross. This is not what God intends. And then finally, as we come in this season of Lent to the most opportune time, for Satan to come at Jesus, to hit him when he's down, when he's suffering, when he's in agony, when he's broken, when he's weak and bloodied and dying. When he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Then the voice of Satan is heard once again in those standing by the cross. If You are the Son of God. Remember, He proclaimed it. This is my Son. If you are the Son of God, come down off the cross and we will believe you. You see, give this up, Jesus. 
Give up this way of suffering and agony of the cross. Be who you are, God eternal. I know who you are. Don't do it this way. They'll be so impressed. They'll be so mystified. They'll fall down and it'll all be over. But Jesus, our suffering servant, endured temptation. Temptation beyond our wildest dreams. Temptation that came at him again and again. And he endured it by faithfulness to the Word of God, by faithfulness to His Father, so that we might have a victory from all that He was tempted in. You see, it's not just that we would have a victory when we are tempted, that we will be fine, that we will not succumb. It's the victory that He won for us on the cross that when we do fall to temptation, when we do fail, we have the victory then over sin, and over Satan, over death, and over the grave because Jesus went the way of the cross. Because He endured this suffering for you and me. Because He lived the life that we couldn't live. Here again, those words from the catechism. God indeed tempts no one, but we pray in this petition that God would guard and keep us that still we may finally overcome and gain the victory. Be faithful unto death, Jesus said, and I will give you the crown of life, the victory, because he won it for us by enduring all that Satan had to throw at him. Satan who thought this was insane, that this was a stupid way to try and save mankind, who never knew that in the very death blows that Jesus went through, it would mean that he would finally crush his head while he bruised his heel. Victory through pain, through suffering, through agony, and through temptation so that the victory could be ours. What an incredible price Jesus paid for you and me. But we are free. We have hope. We can overcome when we are seduced and assailed and know that we will be with him forever. In Jesus' name, amen.